Join motherhood wellness expert, Allison from The Honest Peach and pelvic floor and women's health expert, Dr. Marcy at the Down There Doc as they do a deep dive into all things hashtag mom. They add professional expertise, humor, truth, their own experiences, and host expert guests to discuss what the hell is happening during motherhood and how to prioritize your health as a mama. You'll find zero tips on potty training, but we'll learn all the tips on putting yourself and your health and well-being first among pee field sheets and rage cleaning. It's all about motherhood, vaginas, and everything in between. Hashtag no, no mama, mama left behind. You're just going to hold your microphone? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. We did this last time, remember? Because it hurts my back. Oh, yeah. I don't have an ergonomic setup in my fucking master bedroom that doubles as my office and workout room and all of the other things. And child playroom. Do you know what I was... We're, let's just get into it. Um, I was just thinking about how nice it would be to have an office. You know? Yeah. And like, I'm not like outside of the house, like a real office. I mean, even better would be that. But also just a separate room from where I sleep, shower, mm-hmm. eat. I'm just locked up. I'm just cooped up in here. Um, I'm just a like, multi-person. Marcy, I'm not, I'm doing unwell as a working mom. Mm. I know. I'm unwell. I, I, it's really a crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't go downstairs. Like, I'm so lucky and blessed to be able to have a nanny come to the house so that Jack doesn't have to go anywhere. But also, I can't go downstairs because he's mm-hmm. mad separation anxiety right now. And as mm-hmm. soon as he sees me, flips his lid. So I literally have like all these plates of food that I go and I like stock up on things. Like I'm a bear hibernating for winter while he's napping. And like, then in I, like two hours, I'm going to need some cheese and crackers. <laughs> you should just put like a mini fridge in your bedroom. Okay, I was literally thinking about doing that because right now I don't have water and I'm really depressed. Dying. Yeah. About it. Yeah. (laughs) You should, for sure. You should. It's just really hard. It's really hard. I know. But then I also know that I wouldn't be happy like if I didn't work, you know? Yeah. Moms, if you're a working mom, if you're a stay at home mom, it's all hard. It's It's variations of hard. What did you do to your chin, dude? Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) There was an incident last week. Pray tell the masses. She just like, I don't even know what you were doing. I was stretching my neck. Stretched her neck. And I see this like, is that like a rug burn? Please tell us. Okay. So it actually was very scary traumatic okay i um went over i took a i took a fall took a bad fall on thursday and i was having a lesson on the horse and everything was going great good lesson having fun everything was perfect and we came down off the jump and 
he tripped on the landing and didn't knock the jump down. So it wasn't like we crashed through the jump. Like we jumped it and we're clear. And then he landed and then like tripped over his feet. And like, so his head was down and he was like, you know, like trying to get his balance. I flipped over his head. He fell down too. Like we both just like, yeah. And so I landed. All you got was that little fucking scratch. No, that's not all I got. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, no, no. And I landed like face first in the arena and I hit my chest and sternum either I think on his neck. And then like when I flipped, I went straight down and my chin and my face like skid on the like the arena. Like I had pieces of the footing like up a in my nose. Da, 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 da. Yeah, like da, 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 da. yeah. <laughs> and I had and I was like blowing out arena. I had like sand. Every, it was like everywhere. Um, did you th- think it was the end? Yes. <laughs> you, like, mm-hmm. did you 100%. like flush before you? Yep. Lose? Yep. Like, and it was like, how much it, do you think Dante weighs? Oh, he would have killed me if he'd landed on me. Right. No. Yes. I mean, that's how you die. Like when you fall, if your horse falls, like it's called a rotational fall where like you go forward yeah. over them and they rotate and they land on you backwards. In our case, we, I was off of him before he fell, Thank but God. like the way that he fell, we should have gone over on our right side. Cause I came up on the right side and he landed on his right side. Like he didn't land on his back. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the danger with that is that like when they try to get up, they like scramble their legs yeah. to get up yeah. and then they like, you know, kick you or whatever. But I was on the other side of him. So there was like an act of, you know, God there. Um, and he is fine, but I thought I had like broken a bunch of ribs. I thought I broke my nose. I went to the ER. They had me in like a cervical oh, you collar. Did? Uh-huh. Oh my God. Why didn't you text me a picture of you in the cervical collar? I mean, I can right now. No, you need, I mean, please send it, but oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So can I ask so, a question? Yeah. Why are we doing horse jumping? Okay. Listen. Do you hear Rosie eating that bone? No. <laughs> it's like, she's like, um, this was not a, because of the jump like he just tripped it was like a totally freak like he not just be, been like, like the, he could have like been tripped. walking yes it just Cantering. happened correct it just happened to be all right here i go i'm sending it to you oh god like why can't your exercise and soul time be like pilates you know <laughs> like her fucking ref- former doesn't throw you off its back he didn't throw me it was we fell (laughs) he didn't like buck me off no i know i know i know i know i mean it could have been like i mean my dad like rides road bikes right and like he's gone over the handlebars brent's gone over the handlebars on his mountain bike yeah this Mm. is your new Trophy pick. It is 
Yeah. Oh my God. So, so nothing's broken. Nothing's broken. I have chest wall contusion. I have bruised ribs. I have a concussion. And you do have a concussion? Yeah. I mean, they say like anytime you have a high yeah. velocity fall. And then I have a swollen nose, but not broken. And then I have this abrasion, which actually is like a lot better than it was. And my neck fucking hurts so bad. So bad. So <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Brent Did you asked like, Dante if he'd had one too many that day or what the <laughs> hell was happening? No, he horses have like a sense of like self-preservation. Like they don't want to hurt their people. You know what I mean? So like, I know this sounds woo, but I swear to God, it's like, it's true. And he like knew that he was going to go down and he mm-hmm. like twisted and like went oh, yeah. the That's other direction at all. You know, like you. he was like, oh, I can't like crush her, you know? Yeah. So, um. Anyway, but he's, yeah, he's fine. So Brent was like, <laughs> yes, on Friday morning after I got back, he was like, um, I'm, I'm pretty worried about this, you know, like, right. Yeah, situation. me too, Brent. I might Is call there... him and have a little, little chitty no. chat about Marcy's here love of animals. Could it change <laughs> no. to a bunny? Perhaps. I'm going to wear a ferret. Listen, I would, God, I would love a bunny and a ferret. I would love both of them. I'm going to start to wear my chest protector when I ride now. Like usually you only wear it when you're cross country, like out jumping logs yeah. and shit, well, but I'm going to wear it jumping things. I know I'm going to wear it. And I think I'm going to get an air vest too, which is like basically like an airbag. It's like attached to your saddle. And then if you come off, it like <laughs> blows up <laughs> before you hit the ground. <laughs> They're like $800, but you know, worth it you like hit the eject button and yeah, it's like, just like yeah it's got it's go like in a parachute uh-huh, pretty much it's like it like blows up like this it's got it's like a canister like a co2 canister and it like inflates in like two milliseconds yeah it's like crazy and so it's attached to your saddle you have like a lanyard attached so as soon as it like comes apart it's like and then when you fall you, have, you fall on like a pillow <laughs> yeah you're just like the Michelin man, like bouncing along. Yeah. All right. What's the name of this? I have to Google some YouTube videos. Air vest. Just Google like equine air vest. Okay. <laughs> and they come with canisters that you have to like replace. And it has the same like powder that an airbag has, you know, like have you ever had an airbag, <laughs> airbag deploy? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. But some people are saying that they're not that great because it spooks the horse because it makes a noise. Um, And so they're like, it spooks the horse. And then like, you know, you could have. You don't want that. No, but I mean. God, your life. Never a dull moment. I know. The crouch household. I know. I did not tell. It was my mom's birthday and I did not tell my parents. And I texted my sister. I FaceTimed her from the ER and I was like, you have to order mom flowers right now from me because I can't do it. And she's like, why? I'm like, I'm in the, in the ER. And she's like, okay. And so she sent my mom flowers and I called my mom later. And then two days ago she called me. She's like, you didn't tell me that you were in the ER. And I was like, no, because you would tell me to stop riding and I don't want to hear about it. I know. Didn't she say that to you when she came to visit or something? She was like, Marcy, what if you get hurt? Mm -hmm. You're like, 
Yeah, my dad too. And my husband. And me now. I mean, listen, listen. I'm riding a damn horse, but do we need to be jumping over shit? Like, it wasn't on. the jump. Oh, I mean, that shit God. could happen like when you're just trotting around. All right, let's let's table this conversation, in Mercy, and <laughs> we'll talk after dinner. Okay. Okay. All right. How are you uh, this week? How was this week for you? <clears throat> um, I mean, we kind of dove into my issues um, of working mom life. I did actually want to touch on um, Ellie had surgery. Yeah. And so I wanted to give some tips on what we did that worked for our child with a huge asterisk that every kid is different. But I think I like the way that we handled it. Um, so she had this like bump on the back of her neck that I noticed. And it was pretty small, but like it was like kind of significant, you know, and I could just kind of like I was like, what the fuck is this? So shouldn't be been there. there a while. The ultrasound, you know, did an ultrasound like, you know, said it was probably like a calcified hair follicle or something like, you know, wouldn't. We'll just keep an eye on it. So we've kept an eye on it about a year and it's grown, you know, marginally, but still has grown. So the doctor was like not worried about it at all being anything scary. But she was like, we might as well just take it out now when she's super young. You know, they're resilient, yada, yada. So it required anesthesia. Yeah. Um, general. She went under general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we told her for reference she is three gonna gonna be four so she's basically four she's gonna be four next week oh Um, yeah she's four which is wild and ellie is very much a kid who likes to know the why of things Mm -hmm. even if you think that she won't understand like she's very um she's like an old soul very intelligent very you know whatever intuitive um, so we tried to tell her enough, but not too much, right? So we told her on Monday that we were going to the doctor on Friday morning. Um, and she she knows about the bump, you know. And we said we're gonna go to the doctor's office really early in the morning, and they're gonna give you some medicine and it's gonna make you really sleepy, and then you're gonna take a little nap, and then when you wake up. Your bump is going to be gone. Bye-bye bump. And we're going to have a little boo-boo. And like, that was it. Yeah. Um, Because I think if we sensationalized it in any way or made a big deal out of it, like, she would have thought it was a big deal. Right? Mm-hmm. So when we got there, like, the staff was like, she, like, she didn't even cry when they wheeled mm-hmm. her off to the OR. She was like, in her little cap. She was like, yeah. bye, bye, daddy. Um, how were you? Did you cry? No. Um, probably because she was so chill. Yeah, yeah. If she wasn't, um, you know me, I'm not a crier. Anyway, I probably would have just like gotten mad. That's what I do. (laughs) I get mad. She would have just turned into emotional. I would have just punched somebody at the cafe. That was my fucking egg sandwich. Um, this coffee is bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) So. So, yeah, I think it was really helpful that we didn't tell her too far ahead of time to where she could yeah. kind of like stew over it. Yeah. 
our energy around it was always like not overly positive. Like Sean tends to err on the side of like, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's not going to hurt at all. And I'm like, okay, well, it's going to hurt a little bit. We don't want to lie to her, you know? Um, And yeah, I thought it went really well. The, (laughs) the, there was like a child, I think they're probably MSWs, uh, child life specialists that came in. Yeah. And they talked about like what the OR looked like and, you know, all that stuff. All the stuff was mm-hmm. really great. Um, and then it actually turned out to be a lesion that was adhered to the like underside of the skin. Hmm. Um, like a lipoma? Said, was it like a lipoma? Yeah, she, she wasn't sure. Hmm. Um, she said it. she's not worried about it at all. Like it didn't look like scary. Um, but they sent it to pathology and... She got a a nice sized boo boo. It turned out to be a little bigger. It's like probably this long. Yeah. Um. Honestly, the worst part has been fucking taking out the band aid. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it's like her little hair. Did they shave it back there? No. Oh, so you're like pulling our little hairs. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I literally had to coax her into it with like, I can't even tell you the amount of things I bribed her with. We were like in the bath. Watching Gabby's dollhouse, she was eating with a popsicle ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. I like incrementally, hundred percent. Yeah, been there. I was in the bath with her. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, it's God. funny. So it's like it's surprising. I think sometimes how well they do when you don't expect it. Like mm-hmm. the other day at school, my kids they do flu shots at school, mm-hmm. and it's like I didn't even. I signed the permission slip or whatever, but like, I don't know when they're going to do it. Probably because like, I never check any of my email or any of the 100 apps. And so I have no fucking idea. Like Uh that it's, you know, blue shirt day until my kids are like, I was wearing a blue shirt. And I'm like, fuck man, I can't keep track of it. But anyways, they came back the other day um, and they're like, Oh, we got flu shots today. And like, totally fine. Yeah. You know? And if I had taken them for a shot, they would like they would have lost their minds, you know. Jonathan probably not so much, but Will was, and Will was like, "I didn't even cry, mom. It was totally fine." And he has his little band aid on, and he was like, "Fine." And some of my friends' moms didn't let do have their kids do flu shots at school because apparently, if the kids like lose their minds, then the company won't do it, and then you have to take them back to the pediatrician anyway. So they're like, "I just don't want to like mm-hmm. deal with it. I'll just do it at the pediatrician or whatever." Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, "Dude, I want somebody. I don't want to be there." Like I like. Absolutely. I mean, when we had to take Will for blood work because I thought he had mono not too long ago. I mean, trying to get like blood from him. I mean, like, oh my God. Oh, that that age too is just like they understand enough, but like not enough, you know? Yeah, it's it's crazy their resilience. And also I'm really glad that I wasn't back there when she got knocked out because they were like, no, parents aren't allowed. And Sean and I were like, okay, that's fine. Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good, good yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. You don't like she's, to see them. She's all good. It's healing well. Um, on to the next. Mm. You know? Yeah. That's really all that's happening in my world is trying to stay afloat mm-hmm. and... My parents came for a week, um, five days, which was great. We took family pictures. Oh, that's um, sweet. We'll see how those turn out. 
It'll be great. Yeah, well, you know. All right, mamas, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to share something so exciting with you guys. This year, I launched the Mamahood Membership, an exclusive community for moms to learn, laugh, and grow alongside one another. I've taken my proven Mamahood group curriculum and made it completely accessible in this community, including my resource library, favorite meditations, and mom hacks. You get exclusive access to live coaching by me, weekly journal prompts, workshops, guest speakers, and more. Not only that, you have a community of incredible moms to connect with all while we do the work and do our best at motherhood. One of the moms in the community described it as a comforting blanket that will also get your ass in gear sometimes. And I feel like every mom who's trying to work on herself needs that. Am I right? It's like a mom's Facebook group without the drama or the trauma. Go to the link in the show notes to join. And if you use code NMLB, your first month is completely free. What do you have to lose? See you in there, mamas. That's it. Okay. Let's get into it. All right. Let's get into the interplay, the connect connectedness. The connected my field (laughs) and your field. Mm -hmm. And kind of like the genesis of this podcast, quite frankly. Yeah. But we've never really gotten to the nitty-gritty of like how one with pelvic floor issues could develop mental health issues Mm -hmm. and perhaps vice versa. Mm -hmm. So let's dive in. Yeah. I hear you have some, some stats. I do have stats. I do have some stats. So Here's what I want to kind of say first. Mm. Preface. Please preface. Preface. Okay. So we talk a lot about, you know, pelvic floor floor problems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And we talk a lot about them in with the idea of like what they are, you know, just kind of by definition. So, you know, leaking urine prolapse, pain with sex, you know, kind of all of these things, right? And those are the problems, okay? But really the bigger problem, and this is, I think, where we can connect kind of what you do and I do together, is that we see these surface level issues like leaking pee, prolapse, pain, all the things I just mentioned, affect other things in a woman or mother's life that has very significant consequences on mental health, on career, on identity, kind of all these things. So the problem, yes, is that there's this like crazy amount of women who have pelvic floor dysfunction. I mean, just in the US alone, it's like one in four women. Some studies say one in three. And that's just the US. You know, think about how many millions of women give birth a year in the US. And then now take, you know, one in four of them. And that includes C-section moms. So it doesn't matter whether it's vaginal birth or C-section. And then we start to think about how this physical problem starts to kind of weave its way into all these other aspects that are lifelong, in addition to that problem itself being lifelong, right? Trickle down. Trickle down effect. Trickle down effect. The trickle down effect. So couple just let's kind of from a physical standpoint let's kind of look at 
you know, the problem and then this like bigger problem is kind of how I'm, how I'm starting to define them and kind of look at it in my world. Okay. So we say, you know, one in four women have pelvic floor dysfunction after a baby, which is a shit ton. Mm -hmm. There's a study that says 85% of women who have a vaginal birth will have some degree of perineal tear. Okay. That's 85%. Okay. Um, 69% of women in one study had one physical health problem since childbirth. 45% said they had one problem of moderate or major severity and 20% reported at least one problem of major severity. Uh, 53% of women a year out of having a baby who had a third or fourth degree tear still have pain with sex or pain with vaginal penetration. That's called dyspareunia. And then kind of going over into your side of things, pain is also identified as um, independent, independently being associated with a positive postpartum depression screen. And we know that pain in general is a risk factor depression, but pelvic pain is a well-known risk factor for depression outside of perinatal time. And whenever there was a patient that had a referral for pain, that it increased the odds of a positive postpartum depression, postpartum depression screen by um, 2.6 fold, which is like a huge amount. Substantial, particularly yeah. chronic pain. Yeah, right. Um, which a lot of this stuff is mm -hmm. like, like the pain that I've experienced with pelvic floor mm -hmm. was like with bowel movements. So that's... Yeah. Every day, daily, yeah. Hopefully, um, right. And the pain from my like stitches and stuff—that was like there was no comfortable position. Yeah, and I feel like that just like ooh, got me. You know, like mm. the, like never feeling comfortable. Yeah. yeah, or not thinking about it. Right, like I'm sure even just the anticipation of a bowel movement would like yes invoke all of the edge yeah totally like oh my god it's gonna be so bad it's gonna be so bad because like it has been and it is yes you know yeah yes. so it's like what i tell my patients a lot of time too is like you're always thinking about it it's always in the forefront of your mind right you're always like okay can i wear those pants can i sit in that car am i am i going to be able to go for this walk you know can i make it to pick up my toddler and back without peeing my pants you know it's like this starts to infiltrate into every single aspect of your daily life from the most yeah. mundane things that you don't even think about or were, didn't even like wasn't even on your register before you had kids, right? Just like putting on a pair of pants or bending over to unload the dishwasher or meeting your friends out for coffee. Now it's like every single one of those decisions, you have to think about what's happening with your pelvic floor plus all the other shit of from being a mom. Like baby yeah, nap. I was just gonna time. say you yeah. also have yes. the parent load. The parent load. So you're like, low on yeah. resources. Yes. When these things start happening. Yes. And then, you know, we've we've talked a little bit about this, but a big um precursor for depression and anxiety is like perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've talked about that also in relation to pelvic floor healing. Mm -hmm. and pain mm -hmm. um because when you're a perfectionist you know a lot of let's just 
clear the air here about perfectionism. It's not what people think it is about like needing to have everything like just so, you know, and like I'm super organized and like that's sort of how society interprets it. But true perfectionism is like I need to appear perfect Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. else I feel shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to physical healing, a lot of that, like a lot of my mental health issues stemmed from blaming myself for the pelvic floor stuff, right? Like, yeah, I should be able to figure this out. Yeah, I should huh. be eating better. Yeah. I, you know, should know what to do. Yeah. Um, and there's a huge correlation between perfectionism, chronic pain, and then depression in this like loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, we see that with like non-maternal related physical mm-hmm. injuries too, you know, mm-hmm. and and we've talked a little bit about this, I think, in season one about the changes in the brain and the central nervous system in the presence of persistent pain. But now, like, let's add that on top of all of the other postpartum maternal stuff and hormone shifts and all that, you know, ch- change in identity and sleep deprivation and, you know, all that shit. And if so, you have really severe pelvic floor issues, there's a good chance you probably, I mean, not probably, but maybe had a traumatic birth, mm-hmm. like had an emergency C-section or tore a lot or had to use, you know, some sort of yeah. instrument. Um, yeah. And that's a good point, too, that I wanted to bring up. There is this idea of, you know, tra- like, how do we define a traumatic birth and what does that mean? you know, and physically traumatic. Yeah. Physically yeah. and like emotionally, you know, like somebody might perceive their birth to me to be traumatic to them for whatever reason. And maybe there wasn't a lot of like physical trauma involved, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I think it's really person dependent. And if totally. you are, and the other side of things too, is like, you can have a very non-traumatic delivery and, and have like a great experience, but have really significant pelvic floor issues afterwards, but you don't Mm -hmm. associate that with like a traumatic birth. You know what I mean? So like, it doesn't necessarily always mean that you are, that you have these issues from a traumatic birth. You can have an atraumatic birth and still have pelvic floor problems too. Mm -hmm. Um, so if we're like kind of, you know, I think I would fall into that category. Yeah, I would say so too. I think for your first one for Ellie. Yeah. 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 It was super chill, but then yeah. afterwards I was like fucked up. Fucked. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have been chill without an epidural. Just saying. Yeah. But that's yeah. probably why it was chill. Pain wise. Yeah. Pain wise. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think if we, so then we kind of like, you know, go into this next level of, okay, what's this bigger problem now? Right. Like, what does this mean that we have all these pelvic floor issues and how is that really affecting women? Right. Cause we really have to understand kind of, the long-term effect of these problems and why we need to start to be addressing them before they even begin. Okay. Because the long-term effects are crazy and this is what nobody is talking about. So here's a stat that's going to blow your mind. Women with urinary incontinence during pregnancy. So pretty much everyone, right? So that's when you're pregnant and you're leaking pee had a 235% increased odds of a positive postpartum depression screen. 235%. And if incontinence was also present in postpartum, which is 
everyone, the odds increased 380%. Okay. So that's, we're talking about mental health. So now let's talk about work and careers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Richard, research <laughs> research has found that physical health problems and emotional exhaustion positively relate to turnover motivations no shit so if physical or mental health problems arise a new mother is likely to question the value or even feasibility of staying in her current job so not only is like childcare fucking impossible and expensive and d- daycare is just like a whole nother situation add in physical health problems and emotional health problems. All of those factors together relate to high turnover. So then long-term wise, we're seeing high qualified women leave the workforce because of these issues, therefore contributing to the gender wage gap and less women in C-level positions, right? Because we're now dealing Yeah. All of these other, all of these things because of a pelvic floor issue and a higher rate of PPD. You know, it's like that to me is just so crazy. And I'm like, yes, we're dealing with incontinence. Okay. Yes. We're treating that, but we're really treating women's long-term career health and identity and mental health and all of these, you know, longer term things. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of these things are like, correlational you know it's like if you have chronic pain you're more likely to it's it's like the whole yeah it's the whole trickle the whole trickle down effect of of everything and it's the reason why we're so passionate about comprehensive postpartum care for moms and preventative care yeah i mean you talk so much about like establishing a relationship with the therapist during mm-hmm. your pregnancy mm-hmm. rather than waiting until postpartum. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with me, you know, with like, come to me prior to your delivery so we can reduce the risk. Yeah. Of these issues that like people don't even really think about as something that could impact their ability to work. Yeah. And one thing that just came to me is we've talked about, like, I use the app Curable. When Mm -hmm. I had chronic pain that they couldn't find like a source of anymore. And what was that guy that you had like a huge nerd crush on that we wanted to? Lorimer Lorimer Mosley. Still, the offer still stands, Lauren. Mm -hmm. If uh, you're listening, he probably is. (laughs) He's probably not listening. (laughs) Um, Of like using... The whole thing is if you are worried that something is going to be painful or mm. if in the past it has been painful, you now have those neural networks and those neural pathways. And so you could feel pain mm-hmm. because in all the pain is felt in the brain. Yeah. So you can feel pain without the actual stimulus mm-hmm. elsewhere in your body. So if we can do that, then we can also build new pathways. And soul time mm-hmm. is a great time to do these type these types of things. So like during soul time when I'm meditating, I would use affirmations like I am in control, I am doing what's best for my body. I was really mindful about describing my pain. So like instead of saying, you know, oh my god, 
my back hurts so bad. Like it literally feels like knives are stabbing me in the back. That mental picture is going to up your fight or flight response, right? As opposed to saying, I'm really uncomfortable today. Um, So it's really interesting too how, you know, you have this pelvic floor injury Mm -hmm. that obviously had pain to begin with, but then chronic pain can persist even after the like physical part has healed. You can still have chronic pain because of these neural pathways in the brain. Mm -hmm. So getting treatment like this is why we're so passionate about mental and physical treatment because mm-hmm. they both play off of one another 100%. regardless of how it starts it's yeah. like did the pain come first or did the, the depression come like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. yeah they both affect one another mm-hmm. hugely mm-hmm. And, and the problem right. and like the problem too is this idea of you know, like kind of sweeping it under the rug, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the pad companies, right? It's like, oh, you just go get a pad. You just go get a pad. You just go get a thicker pad. You just get a thicker pad. You just deal with it. You do this, you do this. And it's like, it's like, so what? I leak a little bit when I like cough. Like, who cares? Like, and, and like, maybe you're fine with it, which is totally fine. You know, yeah. there are some people, and I've sure. seen many patients who are like, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. And I'm like, great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like it's not affecting you in a way that is detrimental to your life, which is yeah, fabulous. Great. And there are other people who are not who don't feel the same way. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like like we shouldn't just have this idea of oh, it's fine. And yeah. the whole pad industry and I know I've said this before and I feel like I just have to keep kind of saying it all the time, but like the whole pad industry is basically like their business, their billion dollar industry is based on this idea that we're not treating incontinence. Yeah. Because if we were treating it, then they wouldn't have a business model that ropes you in with liners and then keeps you going to pads and then thicker pads and then overnight pads and then diapers. Like you're a lifelong customer for them. Mm Mm-hmm. And they bank that on the fact that it's not getting treated because if it was getting treated, it would be, it would, I've said this a hundred times, it would be opposite, right? We'd start with the thick pads after baby and then we'd go to thin. Yeah. And so it's like, just the fact, yeah, just the fact that there's like these industries that are on women's health topics that are just like, oh yeah, we know they're not going to treat them. So like, yeah, easy money for us. Yeah. And I mean, when I built my Embrace program, Mind, Body, Resources, Ad Structure, Connection, Community, you know, in my work with moms, body is on that. And we literally, I ask them, like when I do my intake with moms, I'm like, how's your vagina? Mm -hmm. How's your butt? How are we Mm -hmm. feeling down there? And obviously I refer them to you. Mm -hmm. But like, there's a reason that I include that in my help with moms. And that's why traditional psychotherapy, if you just go for like postpartum depression, stuff like that can be overlooked. You know, it's like, let's treat just your postpartum depression. Well, it's Mm -hmm. never just a hormonal imbalance or it's never just like it's all of these things Mm -hmm. contributing to it. And, you know, moms have enough on their plate. This isn't their specialty. How are they supposed to know? Like, yeah. A holistic approach 
to modern motherhood is what's necessary for moms to ever truly be well. If we ever want that. Yeah. And I think even to like strip that down even further is the first step is to just have the identification of the, of the problems and the acknowledgement from society and the medical community that it is a problem. And then like the framework comes into, into play about prevention and treatment. I mean, because right now it's not even considered an issue. Yeah. It's not it's a long way. It's come a long way. Not long enough. In my well, duh. I mean, you're not going to rest until every woman is spread eagle on your <laughs> pelvic floor exam table for good damn reason. But I will say that even since I had Ellie, I feel like pelvic floor therapy is like a little more talked about. Um, yeah. And I mean, postpartum depression, um, anxiety, postpartum OCD, that it's all talked about more which is great but it's also like it's the way that it's talked about is just so stigmatizing and like still you feel it like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't think a lot of moms can identify with these really extreme cases that are highlighted mm-hmm. right, um, right right i know what you mean And also, not everyone qualifies for postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. They have sort of a smattering, right? It's like, well, I feel okay, but like not great. So then they just don't get help. And then it ends up turning into true postpartum depression. Right. Um, Right. So I think both of our fields have come a long way, but they also have a lot farther to go. Yeah. Which is why we built our respective programs. Holy. And it's why Marcy built her courses. It's why I created the Soul Time Guide to help you through matrescence, through mm-hmm. this tumultuous time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. meditations. Mm-hmm. I actually, we um, worked on a client together. This you and like, I? Yeah, this was like a couple of years ago, which is wild. Oh my God. Um, but she was a perfectionist and she was having pelvic floor issues and me and Dr. Molly. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like obviously with her consent and everything, but it was a whole team approach and it was so awesome because this isn't awesome, but it was really interesting that as her, you know, we would meet and I could tell she wasn't having a good week Mm. and then she would meet with Dr. Molly and mm-hmm. her incontinence symptoms were worse mm-hmm. or her, yeah. right. It was like yeah, every time sure. yeah. they were both, they had both gone down. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So that was really cool that we got to do like a, a holistic approach and it's crazy. It works, you know, it's I know it's so crazy. It just might work. <laughs> wow. Why don't they just hire us like at the federal level? No, I don't like know. Biden, if you're listening. No, he can't. He can't hear anything. <laughs> Kamala, what? Kamala, Kamala, come here. It's Kamala. Kamala, it's not, come it's on. It's not Pamela with Pamela a K. With a K? <laughs> oh, Kamala, Kamala, hey, uh, Kamala. Before we, 
wrap up this party. What does your shirt say? Oh, it says um, y'all means all from Human Rights Campaign. My God, I love that. I know my neighbor got it for me. Isn't that sweet? I love saying y'all. I say it and I'm not from the South. I don't live in the South. Listen, it's a good one. It's better than you guys. It's so much better. Oh, good. I know. My neighbor is like the only other like liberal person in Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) It's just us two here. Um, So she got this for me. But I had one of my posts go viral um, because I got a whole bunch of people like hating on it, like hate comments. I don't know. There was a couple. (laughs) Oh, no, no. no. It was like, I mean, like there was a couple with lots of hate comments and it was like about, I was talking about birth prep basically. And they were like, this is misogynistic and disgusting. Your body knows what to do. I can't believe that you're like fear mongering women. And it just was like, like spiral, spiral, spiral. And I was like, whoa, I'm just like easy. How something on prepping your vagina for birth can like yeah. suddenly yeah. become a misogynistic. Hate. Right. And yeah. then I, and then I started to think like, oh my God, like that perpetuates also into the shame of like women that have had it like a significant tear or totally. a problem because they're like, my body should know how to do this. And it's like, no, it fucking shouldn't. It's like, it doesn't all the time, you know? So anyways, that's a whole nother conversation. We should pin that. But that just reminded me of like people. Yeah. How did we even get there? I don't know. It made sense in my head, but not made sense here. Okay. That's okay. That's all right. We're tracking. All right. Well, if you are experiencing anything related to your pelvic floor after birth, while you're pregnant, and it just kind of hit you that, oh, mm-hmm. shit, this is on my mind a lot. It takes a lot of my mental energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you need my courses. Is a great place to realize that, mm. right? Journaling. Oh, my God. Maybe if I took care of this issue, I would feel better in all the ways. Mm-hmm. So, And if you're done having kids... Postpartum power is for you. If you're pregnant, you need the bundle down there done right. Get it all. All, all of it. it. All of it. Head to toe, clit to crown. Clit to crown. Haven't said that in a few years, but I love it. I know. So. I used to give you so much crap about that. And then I know. And look at you. It just rolls off the tongue. Well, you want to know why? Mm-hmm. Because I've told a few people and they laughed maniacally hysterically and so i'm like oh well i guess the people love it's it like, oh my god it's hysterical <laughs> clip to crown i love it so oh, okay all right all right bye nmlb bye